Are you tired of the Jesus your pastor preaches about? Tired of singing to a God you just can't get behind? Thinking of ditching that old, outdated understanding of who the Lord actually is? Just tell those guys, no, nope, definitely not. Breathe easy by saying no to the actual Jesus and yes to infomercial Jesus. Just picture how you want your own infomercial Jesus to look, act, and sound. For the small price of your eternity, you can have the Jesus you really want. Infomercial Jesus can ignore your questionable internet history, strained relationship with your coworker, and foul-mouthed road rage while supporting the way you live, speak, and vote. Feeling convicted while reading the Bible? Well, don't worry. Remember, Infomercial Jesus doesn't bring conviction, only celebration while you turn away from your problems. Because with Infomercial Jesus, you don't have to change a thing. Oh, I'm excited for this series. I'm excited for this series. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Welcome to Trace. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and man, we are excited to have you with us. I want to just celebrate a couple things with you really quick, uh, because many of you didn't get to be a part of both services last week when we were celebrating our six-year anniversary. I want to let you know that we had 13 baptisms last week, so thank you, God. And uh, while we're celebrating, uh, because you didn't get to see it, but we got to experience it, last service, two more people got baptized. So let me give it up for just what God is doing in and through this place. I also wanted to let you know, before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that we have an opportunity coming up on October 1st. Uh, it's called City Serve Day, and you should know this about us as a church. By no means do we want to act like we're the only church in this city that's doing anything good for Jesus. Uh, I know a lot of lead pastors at a lot of other churches, and I love when we get opportunities to lock arms with them. We have one of those opportunities coming up on October 1st for City Serve Day. And what we're going to do is we're going to partner with other churches around our city uh, to just be a blessing. Uh, you've heard us say this for as long as I can remember, that we're going to be a church not just in this city, but for this city. And one of the best ways that we can be for this city is to serve it. And I believe one of the best ways we can serve our city is by helping with our local schools. And so what we're going to do is partner with James Irwin Charter School, and we're going to go down there. And I'm, I'm serious, I hope we bring hundreds of people down there. It's a great opportunity to serve with your kids. And you've probably heard me say this before, we don't just want to tell them about Jesus, but we want to show them Jesus. Amen? And so one of the best ways you can show your kids Jesus is by serving with them. So you can sign up on our app from 9 to 12 on Saturday, October 1st, and uh, we're going to give you a shirt that says iHeart719, and I'm just looking forward to that day. Make sure that you're a part of that if you can be. Sound good? Well, before we jump in, I want to have some infomercial trivia fun with you today. Does that sound good? So based on all of these infomercials that are very popular, um, I'd be curious which one you would think would have grossed the most profit. Which one was the most profit? Now, these are all in the top 10 of the most profitable, profitable infomercials that have ever existed. So make your pick, and we'll kind of just do by show of hands. How many of you guys think it was proactive, the, the zit cream? Okay. How about the Snuggie? Does anybody own a Snuggie? Don't even answer that. Um, Thighmaster? Anybody? All right. What about George Foreman? Those things are amazing. Let's be honest. Like everybody should own one of those. I don't even know what the next one's called. Some kind of foot scrubber. Anybody? What is it? Petty, petty egg. Pet, there it is. Petty egg. You got one of those, don't you? That's, all right. And then the P90X exercise. All right. Believe it or not, it was proactive. The zit cream. Nobody likes a zit on their face. Come on. Let's be honest. 
Now, I do have to ask the question. I've got to ask it. And this is probably only going to be for those that are maybe 40 years old or older in the room. Has anybody ever ordered a thigh master? Yeah. There it is. That was not staged, I promise. That was not staged. Just might as well, man. That's <laughs> I promise you that wasn't staged. I had no idea. Where did you get that? Where did that even come from? There it is. I love it. I love it. Well, the whole idea, I mean, you've seen them, so you know uh, the idea behind infomercials. The whole idea is to present to you a product uh, and to present it to you in such a way that makes you feel like you need it. And the majority of time, you do not. Uh, but to make it more appealing, what they'll often do is they'll say, you know, if you buy now, we'll throw in this extra gift or two for the price of one or $19.99 just for the next hour or whatever it is. And what they're attempting to do is to make adjustments where they can to add to the appeal. They're trying to figure out if there's something else that if they were to add to it, maybe that would fit your taste. Maybe that would be more your style. Maybe that would meet your need. Unfortunately, a lot of people are approaching Jesus that way these days. Making adjustments where they don't feel comfortable and things they don't like. And what happens is they end up kind of saying, you know what, okay, this, this part of Jesus feels intrusive, so let's take that out. Let's put that over here. This one definitely just kind of discourages. Okay, man, if I were to say that out loud when Jesus said that, it would probably maybe question some of the lifestyles of my friends. And so I'm just going to act like I didn't read that. And oh, perfect. Here we go. Now I have this perfect, modified version of Jesus that will never challenge my spiritual complacency. Church, there's not too many things that I would sincerely say that I hate, but I would tell you that I hate how many cheap imitations of Jesus that I see out there for purchase these days. And because it's a new version or a modified version of Jesus that helps fit people's situation, their style, whatever that may look like, what happens is that leads people to go shopping for their own customizable version of Jesus. Hold that thought. Uh, about a year ago, I picked up this beauty, and uh, it's a 2001 Land Cruiser. It's got, it had 220,000 miles on it. And go ahead and show the green door picture. Just hold it there for a second. My kids wouldn't let me drop them off at school in this. I'll be honest, they would not. Um, it was the, kind of the infamous green door. But uh, I found out there's a huge following for these things, and I need a good project in front of me, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this, I'm going to make modifications, and I found out there are, like, there's a ton of modifications you can make to these, like, it's a, it's a Land Cruiser 100 series, and there's a huge following, and so I'm like, sweet, and I'm like, listening and learning from all these forums of the different modifications I can make, and ultimately, it ended up looking like this, this is what it looks like today, turned out pretty well, I'm pretty proud of it. And you may wonder, well, why would I even share this story? There are some things that are better with modifications. Jesus is not one of them. You cannot customize him to fit your taste. He's not a buffet line where you can take what you want and discard what doesn't sound good to you. When we do that, listen to me, when we do that, not only do we not get a better version of Jesus, but we actually get a worse version of ourselves. Because anytime we have to modify and adjust and personalize Jesus to fit our situation, what that's going to do is it's going to lead you to spiritual complacency. And spiritual complacency will never, will never lead you to a transformed life. 
I mean, think about it this way. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God makes it, makes it really clear that he made us in his image. For those of you that might be new to the church, this is called the doctrine of Imago Dei, that God created us in his image, both male and female, he created us in his image. So what happens when we flip the script? What happens when we flip the script and we begin to make Jesus in our image? Once again, we don't get a better version of Jesus. Listen to me, what we get is a false God. What we get is an idol. And I imagine out of all the things that could potentially make Jesus angry, this likely gets to the top of the list because listen to me, the essence of who Jesus is, is everything. It's everything. And so I imagine Jesus is saying, guys, listen, stop. I'm not going to change for you. I am who I am, and you can either have all of me or you can have none of me because there was never an option to change me. I want to build this for us this morning because I promise you what I'm, what I'm speaking on in this particular sermon is incredibly significant, and I want to build a very strong, a strong foundation for us. In Exodus chapter 3, there's an interesting conversation that happens between Moses and God. Now, God is asking, and this is that burning bush moment, and maybe, you know, most of you have heard that, and what, what's happening is God is asking Moses to go to Pharaoh and to tell him to let the Israelite slaves go, to let his people go. Now, Moses is not a good speaker. He makes that known. He says, God, I'm going to need some help here. That's a big task, and so when I go and I'm talking to Pharaoh and trying to get this thing done, like, what, what am I supposed to say? Who do you want me to tell you, or who do you want me to tell them has sent me? We pick up in Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites, that I am has sent me to you. Now, something significant happens per that particular statement in Moses, from Moses in God. And then we jump over to John chapter 8 in John's gospel. And one of the most significant things potentially that Jesus has ever said is recorded in this particular conversation. He's gonna, where we're gonna land is Jesus is in this conversation with some religious leaders and he's challenging them and they're challenging him. And so let's pick up in John chapter eight, beginning in verse 54. Jesus said, if I glorify myself, my, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Don't, don't miss this next statement. <clears throat> Though you do not know him, He's talking to the religious leaders, the spiritually elite. You don't know him. Now, I'm going to suggest something here. I would imagine Jesus is saying this to them underneath this kind of broader context of because you've created him in your own image. You've done something with God that doesn't represent the God of the Bible. You've come up with some false God that you've adjusted and tweaked and modified to fit your life and your motivations. You, do, you don't know him, but I know him. If I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. Don't you love, he doesn't mince words there. But I do know him, and I obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Then the religious leaders pipe up, you're not even 50 years old yet, and you have seen Abraham? Here's the statement, one of the most significant statements Jesus ever made. Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. 
Now, they knew he was claiming the same statement that happened between Moses and God in Exodus because at that statement, right after that statement, they picked up stones to stone Jesus to death and he had to run and get out of there because it wasn't his time to die yet. Now, something really interesting happens when you translate the words I am in the Hebrew, so the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, when you translate those two words that God spoke to Moses, I am, when you translate those words into English, you get the word Lord. And so every time you say that Jesus is Lord, every time, somebody's, every time somebody's obedient in the waters of baptism and say, I believe that Jesus is the Lord, is the Christ, he's my Lord and leader, he's the savior of my life. Every time you say that he is Lord, you're saying he is who he is. He is, I am, and he's not going to change for anyone. And if that's not clear enough, I think Hebrews 13 tightens, up, tightens it up even more. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new versions of Jesus. Your strength comes from God's grace. But even though he is who he is and he's not going to change for, it, for anyone, somewhere along the way, many people have decided to start playing God and instead of embracing this doctrine of Imago Dei that we were created in his image, we started to recreate Jesus in ours. And this did not create a Jesus that is better for anyone. It didn't, it, it didn't help us arrive at a more you know, holy or spiritual conclusion. What it did is it helped people reinforce their bias and dismiss the parts of Jesus they didn't like and embrace the ones they did. And so what happens is people find out that there are different versions of Jesus. And if there are different versions of Jesus, then we might as well go shopping. And when people go shopping for Jesus, they may end up with street preacher Jesus, right? You ever met street preacher Jesus? He likes to scold you and yell at you and he doesn't mind using guilt if that'll guide you to God. People who are all truth with no grace love street preacher Jesus. They love casting judgment from a distance, but never willing to sit down and talk with anybody that might be opposing to them. But maybe street preacher Jesus isn't compassionate enough for you, and so let's keep shopping, and we can arrive at Grandpa Jesus, right? Maybe Grandpa Jesus is more your cup of tea, because Grandpa Jesus just wants to give you a big hug and let you know that everything is going to be okay. He's super nice and doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and He's not gonna press the issue if he knows it might make you feel uncomfortable. He just wants you to know that he loves you. I mean, Grandpa Jesus will listen to you all day long, but doesn't necessarily see the need to hold anybody accountable. But, but maybe that's too passive for you, so let's just keep shopping, because for you, you want some kind of Jesus that is represented with more power, right? And I would tell you the next Jesus we're gonna find has definitely got that power that so many people are looking for. And I would tell you that this particular Jesus is growing in popularity. And of course, I'm talking about vote for me, Jesus. Vote for me, Jesus has a strong opinions on social issues and politics, but he's less concerned with that whole loving your enemies thing. He doesn't care about your opinions because he knows you're wrong. He just wants to prove his point. And he knows that his opinions are 100% true and founded in the unchangeable, unshakable, God-inspired words of the Constitution. 
Okay, we got a little uncomfortable. Let's move on there. Because we can keep shopping. There's punk rock Jesus. Maybe some of you grew up with punk rock Jesus. He is less concerned about bringing healing and redemption into the world. He just wants to stick it to the man and all institutions, including the church. I mean, there's so many problems within the church, so you might as well just kind of bow out on this whole organized side of religion. Instead, man, just go do church however you want up in the mountains. You don't need the people of God around you to do that. You can go figure it out any way that you want. Context of church can be whatever you want it to be. Punk rock Jesus likes to point out every little misstep made by the church or even a Christian leader like me. In his, eye, in his eyes, you can't trust places like this or people like me. But maybe that's a little too gritty for your taste, so let's just keep shopping. And the longer you shop, the greater the chance that one day you'll end up finding a cheap, fictional, false Jesus that was made in someone else's image, but not in God's. And these cheap imitations might get some aspects of Jesus correct, but listen to me, you can't get some of him right. Can I say that again? You can't just get some of him right. His invitation is to either worship all of him or none of him, but there was never an option on the table to change him. Back in March, I got the opportunity to go to Israel, the Holy Land, incredible trip, life-changing trip. And I would tell you there was parts of that experience where I got to see the Bible come to life. I've been studying God's word for a long time. And then I got to see where Jesus actually was standing when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And it was just contextually, it was just almost overwhelming. It's like, holy cow, this is, this is where it went down. And as, in, as inspiring as it was, I would also tell you it was incredibly discouraging at times. And what I noticed is that it seemed that even though they had all this evidence, people in that particular region had all this evidence around them of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, the true Messiah that came to save the sins of the world, they were worshiping everything else but Jesus. They were worshiping rocks and cathedrals and trees and statues and Mary and saints and relics. And I think you know this, but can I just make it crystal clear today that the only invitation that Jesus has ever given any of us to worship anything was him. That's it. And so these counterfeit, cherry-picked, cheap imitations of Jesus for sale, they might give some people what they want, but it's not the way or the will of your Father in heaven. So please listen to me. If we attempt to change any part of Jesus whether softening him so we feel better about our own spiritual complacency or hardening him so that we feel we don't need to offer any compassion, we don't get a better version of Jesus. We get a worse version of ourselves and we compromise, listen to me, we actually compromise the message of the gospel. Many of you know this, that around the room we've got these crosses on their side because we want to remind you of one of the clear statements that Jesus ever made to us if we decide that he's going to be the I am in our life, our leader and Lord. In Luke 9, 23, probably one of the most repeated verses that we use here at Trace, Jesus says, listen, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And the reason these crosses are on their side 
is because if we're supposed to be picking up our cross daily, we want a visual, we want, a, we want an image of what that means to pick up our cross and follow Jesus daily. Well, you can't pick up a cross unless you lay it on its side first. That's why they're on their side. But I wanna challenge you this morning to truly answer this question and just keep that text up there for a second. Have you given up your own way? I mean, I could go back through the history of my life and tell you there were many moments where I would say I was following Jesus, but I had not given up my own way. Have you given up your own way? Because if you haven't given up your own way, and that's a, day, that's a daily challenge, let me be clear about that. If you haven't given up your own way, you're gonna be more subjected to creating Jesus in your own image. If you're still holding on to your own way, you will unintentionally begin to dismiss the things about Jesus potentially that you don't like and only embrace the ones that sound good to you. Listen to me, church. I believe Jesus is saying this to us this morning. He's saying, I am. I am. I am unchanging. I am everlasting. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I won't change for anyone. I'm not made in anyone else's image, and nothing about me is incomplete. I am who I am. You don't get to self-select the parts about me that you like and discard the rest. I'm not here to fit within your worldview. I'm here to shape your worldview. Somebody say amen this morning. Jesus says, I'm inviting you to worship me, but not your version of me, because I'm perfect without any modifications. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So you can worship all of me or you can dismiss me, but it's never been an option to change me. And can we just get real for a second? Because on one hand, some of us may be hearing this and it's like, well, I'm definitely not trying to change Jesus. But I think we would all have to admit that we have a tendency to gravitate towards the aspects of Jesus that we like more than the ones we don't. Is that fair? That we just naturally have a tendency to to want to talk about the things about Jesus that sound more appealing, that don't challenge our own spiritual complacency, that don't draw our social life into question, that don't bring our biases up. And we have a tendency to do that. And again, I'm specifically using the word unintentionally because I don't think that we're intending to do that, but I think just as human beings, we're going to gravitate towards the things that we like more, more so than the things that we don't. And sometimes it can get confusing because I would say that Jesus does live at times within paradoxes. And so there may be a paradox. In other words, there may be something that you, an attribute of Jesus that you really do like, but it almost seems like it's a paradox in another attribute of Jesus that you may have a little bit more difficult of a time with. Let me give you some examples. He is both our savior, who now sits at the right hand of the father, but he's also our servant. He came to serve us and to not be served. And we're supposed to take that example. He's both our king who will come back and rid the world of evil one day, but he's also our friend. He says that his grace can forgive anything, but his truth demands our obedience in everything. Church, Jesus doesn't mind operating and paradoxes. But when we pick and choose what to keep and what to discard, not only do we not get a better version of Jesus, we get a worse version of ourselves. 
I don't know about you, but I want to wor- worship the real version of Jesus. I want to worship the real version of Jesus, not a cheap imitation that someone is trying to sell me to make me feel better about my opinions or approach to life. He may not be what you wanted. Not too many of us would be willing to admit this today, but he may not be what you always want, but I promise you he is everything that you need. He's everything that you need. He may not answer all your prayers, fix all your problems, give you what you want. He might have said some things that you wished he wouldn't have while staying silent on things you wish he would have spoken more about. Maybe for some, he's too passive, but the Bible says that he is perfect and he's the only one who ever lived a perfect life. He is the reason, listen to me, he's the reason you have a soul And he's the only way that yours can be saved. He came to serve you. He came to take the shame off of you, even if that meant shouldering it it himself on the cross. He stands in the gap between death and life for you. He sent his Holy Spirit to you so that you would never be alone. He never sinned so that one day you could be saved and set free from yours. By his stripes, you are healed, which means your scars don't have to define you any longer. He is more than enough for any obstacle you face or any temptation that you feel trapped in. He is the great I am. And he is more than enough. He is more than enough for whatever you came through those doors with today. More than enough. We don't need to modify him. We don't need to make him anything different than who he is. The essence of who he is is perfect and it is more than enough. And even when we unintentionally try to discard things that we don't feel comfortable with, whatever that may be, just think about it because you can probably think of one. Not only do you not get a better version of Jesus, but you will get a worse version of yourself. I'm gonna gonna invite the band to come up here and I've asked Ross and Paige to lead us through a song today that I think is gonna minister to your soul, I really do. But before we get there, I want to go through an exercise with you. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask for some crowd participation. I've done this long enough to know that when you hear me say those words, that he's more than enough, no matter what obstacle you're facing or temptation you feel trapped in, something inside of you knows that that's true, but for some reason you dismiss yourself from being a part of that. Maybe the enemy has convinced you, yeah, that promise is for everybody else, but your problem is just too big for God. There's no way that will ever be overcome. I wanna challenge that this morning, and I want you to allow me to challenge that with you. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read several things to you, and after I read them, because we believe that he is the great I am, I'm gonna say something, and then I'm gonna point to you, and you're gonna say, I am. So let's just practice, ready? And I want you to mean it, every one of you. I want you to mean it. Well, what about my addiction? What about my failing marriage? What about my wayward son or daughter that I've been trying and trying and trying to get through to, but it just seems like there's no solution in sight? What about my doubts? 
What about that sin that nobody else knows about? I feel incredibly stuck in it. I'm ashamed of it. What about my secret? What about that abuse, whether physical or sexual, that I've been carrying with me for so long? It feels like a part of my identity. I can't break free from it. God, are you enough for that? What about my depression, my anxiety? What about the times where I feel like I'm despairing life? He's more than enough for whatever you would say this morning, for whatever story you walk through that door with. He's more than enough. He's the great I am. He's not gonna change for anyone but he invites everyone to accept him just as he is because he's more than enough for whatever you're facing today. I pray that as Ross and Paige sing this song and lead us in this song, that God would use it to open your soul up a little bit, to invite God to step into maybe the space that you've not allowed him to step into. I pray that in this moment, God would even challenge the areas and parts of your life that are attempting to modify Jesus to make him fit the way that you want him to be versus just who he is, because he's more than enough. It's the great I am. Let me pray for us. God, I just pray that this moment is beneficial for someone, that it, again, just through the power of song, through the power of these lyrics, that it just opens somebody up to be reminded that Even in their darkest hour, you are with them and you're more than enough. You're the great I am. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, we don't need to change you. And not only should we not change you, but we should continue to embrace who you are and all that you've came to give us. We love you. Pray this in Christ's name, amen.